we welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. Matthew 26 and verse 36, I want us to consider this tonight, and then Casey has a song, I see the title of it, and I think it's going to be very appropriate for us. The Bible says in chapter 26 and verse 36, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for the eyes, their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. I want you to notice the words we find in verse number 36. The Bible said, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. This is a place that the Lord Jesus oft resorted with his disciples. It was called Gethsemane or the place of the press. The olives would often be gathered there. It was a place of olive trees, and those olives would be pressed for the oils that would yield, they would yield. And it's a fitting name, Gethsemane, the press, because here it is that the Lord Jesus in the final hours of his earthly life, was pressed beyond measure in this place called Gethsemane. I want you to notice what happened at this place called Gethsemane and what we find there. First of all, we see the sorrow of Christ at Gethsemane, the sorrow of Christ. Again in verse 36, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here, while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, those were James and John, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. And he saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. Imagine this. Our Lord Jesus is so filled with anguish. He's so filled with sorrow that he is pressed beyond measure. He uses the term here in verse 38 that his soul 
was exceeding sorrowful, greatly sorrowful, a sorrow that no man in all of the sorrows of this earth has ever tasted, the magnitude of the sorrow of the Lord Jesus Christ. So sorrowful that it was even unto death. The Bible tells us that he sweat as if it were great drops of blood. The pressure, the intensity of the moment was so great upon him. The anguish was so uh, great upon him that it caused him to sweat drops of blood. And so he told them of his sorrow. Now, there, the sorrow is a result of two things that we see here. First of all, of the sins that he would bear. The sins that he would bear. Remember, the Lord Jesus is the Son of God. He's righteous. He's holy. He's perfect and pure. There's no sin in him. Satan tried to tempt him in the wilderness, and he failed. Jesus said, the prince of the world cometh, and he, he finds nothing in me. Satan had no point of entry in the uh, Son of God, in the life of the Son of God, or in the heart of the Son of God, because he was a sinless, perfect righteous, holy one. But when he went to Gethsemane, he went there to yield himself to drink a cup. That cup was the cup of sin. He prayed, if it be the Father's will, to let this cup pass from me. And then he prayed, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. What was the cup? The cup was the cup of our sin the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The Lord Jesus Christ that evening drank the cup of our iniquity. The Bible says the Lord hath laid upon him the iniquity of us all. The sins that you and I have committed, the sins that all people who have ever lived in the history of this world have committed the sins that we might think are smaller and insignificant, the sins that we think are great, the things, the sins that are public and manifest, but also the sins that are private that no one knows about. All of the shame of that sin, the Lord Jesus bore it upon himself. He was made to be sin for us who knew no sin. Imagine the crushing load of bearing the sin of the world. It's enough for you and I to bear our own load, is it not? To deal with our own sin. But Jesus dealt with the sin of all humanity, the sorrow of the sins he would bear, then the sorrow of the suffering that he would endure. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 3, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we, esteem, and we esteemed him not. He's a man of sorrows. He was going to suffer like no man ever suffered. Those hours upon the cross, he suffered and bled and died, and he made the payment, the eternal payment, for my sin and for yours. The sorrow of his suffering led him to this great sorrow, the sorrow of Christ at Gethsemane. 
The payment of our sins came at a high cost, did it not? The sorrow of the Son of God. As we think this week upon his death and upon his resurrection, may we think of the sorrow that he bore for us. Think of the sorrow of all humanity, the hurt, the people who are in great pain and despair, suffering the deaths of their loved ones. Uh, you think of the people in, in war-torn areas like Ukraine tonight. The sorrow that these people are experiencing. The Lord Jesus bore their sorrows. The sorrows of all the victims of crime and all the abuses of humanity. He bore them. Secondly, we see the submission of Christ at Gethsemane. The submission. Look in verse 39. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Verse 42. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. Someone has said this is the summit of all prayers, thy will be done. You see, it is not in prayer that we can change the mind of God. It is in prayer that God changes our minds. It is in prayer that he changes our hearts. It is in prayer that he reveals to us his will. And the will of the Father is made known to the Son, and the Son submits to the will of the Father. Now, in John chapter number 8 and verse 28, we read these words. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things, and he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. These are the words of Christ concerning his Father. He said, I do always those things that please him. The words that I'm speaking to you, he said, I, have, I am speaking these words because my Father hath given me these words. I don't do anything of myself, he said. I only do that which the Father has sent me to do. I am submitted to my Father. And then, of course, he was obedient. The Bible said that he, being found in fashion as a man, humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, the worst death, the death of a condemned criminal. 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 That's the death he died. That's the death he died. He submitted to that. He obeyed the Lord in that. The Jews believed that everyone who died on a tree was cursed. He was willing to bear that curse. He was submitted to the will of his Father. And thirdly, we see the solitude of Christ at Gethsemane. The solitude. Verse 43, and he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, 
Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Three times in this passage, what did the Lord Jesus ask his disciples to do? He asked them to watch and pray. All three times, how did he find them? Asleep. When he needed their help the most. When he needed their comfort the most. When he needed their support the most. When he needed their sympathy the most. There was no comfort to be found in the disciples. In fact, in just a few verses from here, we read in Matthew 26 and verse 56, then all the disciples forsook him and fled. He was left alone. Paul suffered much the same. He says in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16, at my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it may not be laid to their charge. Imagine the loneliness of the Apostle Paul. They all forsook him, he said. But then notice what he says in verse 17 of 2 Timothy 4, Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. You see, Jesus has promised never to leave us, as we used to sing, never to leave us alone, right? He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And though Paul said all men forsook him, there was one who did not. That was the Lord Jesus. He stood with him, and he strengthened him. But there was no one to stand with the Lord Jesus in Gethsemane. For all the disciples forsook him and fled. In fact, when he died upon the cross, he died in the darkness of that dreadful hour. And about the ninth hour, Matthew chapter 27 in verse 46, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You see, the solitude of Christ at Gethsemane was not limited to the absence of his followers, although they all forsook him and fled. The solitude of Christ at Gethsemane and on the cross of Calvary was intensified because the fellowship that the Son had enjoyed with the Father through all eternity was interrupted because he became sin. And the Father could not look upon that one who was the sin bearer. The fellowship between the Father and Son when Christ was on the cross making the payment of our sin, the fellowship was hindered. He was separated. You see, the sorrow of the separation that he experienced was intensified here. The psalmist foretold of this in Psalm 22, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? while the multitude of people that came by the cross reviled him and mocked him, while the, while the crowd cried out, crucify him, while the soldiers drove the scourging whip upon his back, when they mocked him and put the purple robe on him, when they lifted him in the air with his hands and feet nailed to the cross, he was all alone. All alone. 
There was no help. Verse 2 of Psalm 22. Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not. And in the night season, and am not silent. There was no answer to his prayer. He was separated. The solitude of Christ at Gethsemane. This is what he did for you and I. He went to that place. He experienced the sorrow. He submitted to his father to yield himself to drink the cup of sin and to die on the cross for us. He was alone, forsaken by his disciples and forsaken by his father. Then lastly, we see the sufferings of Christ at Gethsemane. I want to give you just a few scripture references. I, I, I hope you'll write them down because... I think it'd be helpful for you to read them this week. We see in verse 46 of our text, Jesus said, Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. Judas came with the arresting officers. Jesus knew what awaited him. A dreadful, dreadful day of suffering. We see that he suffered the betrayal of one of his own disciples in Matthew chapter 26, verses 48 through 50. One who had been with him, one that he loved, betrayed him. Then we see in Matthew chapter 26, verses 59 through 61, he was falsely accused. The chief priests and the officers were looking for somebody to bring an accusation against him. They couldn't find anybody. So they pressured people and they hired people to come forward with false accusations against the Lord. In Matthew 26, verses 67 through 68, we see he was spit upon and he was smitten by his own people, by the religious leaders. They spit upon his face, they smote him. In Matthew chapter 26, verses 69 through 75, he was denied by his faithful disciple, Peter. He denied that he even knew him. Can you imagine the pain of his heart as he's suffering this intense agony? And one of his true disciples, the one who said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, and now won't even acknowledge that he knows him. In Matthew 27 and verse 1, he's taken to Pilate. In Matthew 27 and verse 26, he suffers the scourging of the Roman soldier with a cat of nine tails, 39 stripes across his body. Most men did not survive the scourging. It was a dreadful form of torture. Matthew 27, verses 27 through 31, he was mocked by the Roman soldiers. After he was scourged, they mocked him. Matthew 27 and verse 35, he was crucified. Matthew 27, verses 39 through 44, he was reviled. 
the crowd mocked him. They walked by and said, come down from the cross. He was able to save others, but he cannot save himself. They mocked him. They said, he calls for Elijah, but he wasn't calling for Elijah. He was crying out to God. He was reviled. And then finally, Matthew 27 and verse 50, he died. Why did he do that? Why did he go to Gethsemane? Why did he experience there the sorrow that he experienced because of you and I, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame? He did it for you. That sorrow and anguish was placed upon him because of his love for you. He submitted to the will of the Father because he loved you and he loved his Father. He submitted himself and became obedient unto death, even the dreadful death of the cross. He experienced solitude, loneliness like no man has ever experienced, forsaken not only by his disciples but by his heavenly Father. And he suffered as no man ever suffered on the cross of Calvary. And why did he do that? He did that for you and for me. This morning as we looked in 2 Samuel chapter number 6, we saw that David had the priests, after, after they had taken six steps out of the house of Obed-Edom, they offered sacrifices to the Lord. You see, David knew that there was a high price to the presence of God. There's a high price to having God with us, having our sin forgiven, having his blessings, and that is the price of his suffering on the cross for you and I. Let's thank him tonight. Let's remember what Jesus has done for us. Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used his word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. There, you'll find additional information about our church, opportunities to partner with us financially, as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you. May God bless you, and thank you once again for listening.